Mr. Diaz. The One Song Nation. One song. It's the 80s. Welcome to One Song, the podcast that I host. My name is Luxury with my co-host, Tiallo Riddle. And today we have a guest named Guillermo Diaz. He's great. Start the show now. actor, writer, director, and sometimes DJ Diallo Riddle. And I'm producer, DJ, and songwriter Luxury, also known as the guy who talks about interpolation on the internet. <laughs> All over the internet. Everywhere. And this time on One Song, we're getting into the groove. Thanks to the U.S. Soy and the United Soybean Board for the sustainable makeover of our podcast studio and for sparking discussions on greener Hollywood production. Just like notes in a song, sustainable living is just a series of small, eco-friendly choices that contribute to the melody. Check out the Tears for Fears episode of One Song and see behind-the-scenes clips of how they pulled the whole look together. It's all on At Heartbeat Audio on YouTube, and the link is in our show notes. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. All right, today we have a very special guest who you might know from his roles on TV shows like Weeds, Chappelle's Show, Broad City, and Girls. And you most certainly will recognize him as Huck from Scandal. But today we are talking to him about a different role. It's a part he plays in his daily life as a Madonna superfan. Welcome to the show, Guillermo Diaz. Hello. Yay. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for coming down Thanks to our show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and we, you know, I, I have to say right off the bat that one of the reasons I was so excited is because I feel like, you know, outside of the TV shows, like, you're just a funny dude. And we'd been, you know, we, we were like, oh, my God, he wants to come on one song? No yeah, way. Yeah, we were pretty <laughs> no flattered. Way. So yeah. this is very exciting for us. Thank you for being here. Thanks, man. You know, it's funny you say I'm a funny dude because I... I've done all these movies with comedians, and I'm always, I'm, I don't do stand up. I'm not, you know, I, I'm much more comfortable doing drama and like serious stuff. Mm -hmm. But I just kind of got thrown into these, you know, comedic <laughs> movies. That I remember being on sets and all these guys, like Dave Chappelle and, you know, Tracy yeah. Morgan, and everybody just cracking jokes left and right. And I was just like, hey guys, you know, I was just like the audience, but. Anyway. But I do think that there is something... I mean, first off, there's a lot to be said about the person who's taking it seriously, the straight man. Right. Comically, ironically speaking, comically underrated in, yeah. in, in mm. comedy. But I think that, you know, what you bring is so... It, it, it's a certain amount of just that straight funny realism it's, it's like when you i have three kids it's like the kid who's Ooh. not trying to be funny is always right. the funniest. oh yeah I'm, I'm brilliant yeah there's no doubt about that i love but, it yeah i'm i'm really good no i'm kidding you have three kids oh my I have god three kids, man i got three kids i have three goldfish and a little dog and I, sometimes i'm like i gotta fucking feed them again like yeah. what is on going on i can't imagine having three little humans running around you, you learn every that life is resilient every day life is very 
you know, these kids, they, they, they tend to survive, and we're so happy to have them here. Do you have any siblings? I, that, that I, don't I have know. two older brothers. I have oh, two nice. older brothers, yeah. So I have three boys. Oh, yeah, there you go. So I was, I was, I was, I was a, one of the triples, the, the three boy thing, yeah. <laughs> um, but my, my older brother was like into like Judas Priest and Ozzy Osbourne and all that stuff. So I grew up mm-hmm. like loving heavy metal because oh, he wow. loved it. But then somehow I, 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 I went to the Blonde Ambition tour when I was like 17. <laughs> and that's when I was like, oh my God, I love this woman. <laughs> but you had been like the that morning you had put on like, metal up your ass or something like exactly, that exactly like, yeah. yes <laughs> Metallica. <laughs> Metallica so like you're listening to metal exclusively like not even the radio or no, your yeah I was listening to the radio okay. but at home you know my brother would right, bring right. home and he was cool he was like your older brother so yeah, like that music was yeah, like cool yeah and then I really did you know I really did appreciate it and I loved Ozzy Osbourne and Iron Maiden and all that stuff, but of course, I listened to the radio. I loved Lisa Lisa and you know, oh yeah, cover oh, yeah. girls. We're gonna talk about Lisa too. Lisa, the cold jam, oh, yeah, yeah. The freestyle. Some of the things that brought me personally to this song, and thank you again for choosing it, because to our listeners, we sent him uh, a couple of Madonna songs to choose from, and this is the one he sent back. And I'll say, you know, as a as a fan of like what later became known as freestyle, like mm-hmm. this was really, oh, yeah, this song like just sounds yeah. like. A sound that to me never gets old the way that other genres yeah. get old. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna get into all that. It sounds like you first fell in love with Madonna at a concert. Yes, yes, yes. It was the Blonde Ambition tour, and I had never seen. I had never seen her live. I mean, she'd only done like one, two tours before that. What album is this for? Uh, this is for Like a Prayer. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. And and so I saw, and that you know that was her first tour it was she was like the first artist that that sort of had a you know made every every song was like a theatrical piece on stage and Mm. and then you know here comes like a virgin and she you know rises up out of the floor on a bed and masturbates at the end and it was like nothing i had ever seen before on stage and you're with your family watching this i was with like two friends so yeah so it wasn't like cringy with no yeah my parents would have been cool though my parents took us to see like the exorcist in the movie theater and (laughs) lipstick do you remember that movie lipstick about a woman that gets raped and oh, my parents didn't give okay. a shit well you're growing that. up in new york city proper yeah. like you got cool new york parents then, yeah and they also like. didn't speak english they don't speak english so okay. they were like oh cool it's, <laughs> so they would bring us all, we were just traumatized they didn't right? know what rated r meant. yeah <laughs> really good no yeah. <laughs> offer really solid uh can oh. i ask you real quick what stood out about madonna to you that first time you saw it <clears throat> I think I think the fact that she didn't give a fuck about anything and mm. she was like just willing to take these risks that were you know just so over the top mm-hmm. and so provocative and sexual like she wasn't afraid of being sexual and then she was like and I'm and I freaking read you know <laughs> you know 100 books a year yeah. like she's super intelligent she's just not you know um so there was like thought behind everything she did and of course, you know, for growing up as a gay man, like, I don't know, she just became like that middle finger that was like, fuck <laughs> your, you know, just your typical heteronormative whatever bullshit. Yeah. And she just became like a, you know, like a hero, like an icon who was out there speaking out for us. And, you know, she was the first one that spoke uh, spoke out, um, you know, about gay rights and, and AIDS and, you know, practicing safe sex and all that stuff. I mean, like, I will say, definitely, she came with a political component Mm -hmm. that I didn't see from many of the other. Like, 
I, I don't know if this is the current pantheon, but like yeah. when I thought about the 80s then and like in the 90s and 2000s, I always thought there were three. There was Michael Jackson, there was Prince, and there was Madonna. Me too. Like those mm-hmm. were... And they're all born in 1958. No way, true? really? Yeah, yeah I've always that. think of them as connected oh, for that shit. reason. What was in the that. water? Yeah. Probably radiation. Probably radiation. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Some atomic fall off. But <laughs> Can we please bubble wrap great. Madonna? We cannot lose the third. We need to protect oh, that's her. crazy. Yeah. We need that's to protect she her. made it longer than, yeah. than those guys. Yeah. Right. But, um, but you're right. Like, I, I think about Michael, I think about Prince, I love their music, but like Madonna. Like from the time that she was doing, you know, videos where she was kissing Jesus to, mm-hmm. you know, right. even 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 before I really even knew what LGBT was right. back then, like I was like, oh, her friends seem to run the whole rainbow. I, oh, I probably yeah. didn't even think it turns a rainbow, but like it was very <laughs> yeah. obvious. Like she was friends right. with her dancers. Yeah, they were in the videos, and it was mm-hmm. it was a different vibe. And you're right. Out of the yeah. three of them, Prince was obviously very sexual, and he has "Am I black or white? Am I straight or gay?" Every now and then, there's some right. l- lyrics that are like. But she Even was gonna, that's early on. Like that's pre purple. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, I think you know? definitely Madonna kind of held her own in terms of like being very explicitly like this is important, gay people yeah. matter. Oh, a yeah. million versions yeah. of like using her platform yeah. for like spreading the word yeah. of diversity and yeah. just like anti heteronormativeness. Toward and, and in truth or dare is the first time we saw two men make out on <laughs> the big a, screen. Like that was that was, wow. that was huge. <laughs> that's and, crazy to think you about know, being a, a yeah. teenager, a gay knowing I was gay and I'm not out of the closet. It's seeing that it it was like okay I'm I'm okay like I'm gonna be okay. I was gonna gonna ask you at seventeen. You were probably you were not. Oh yeah, no, I didn't come out till I was like twenty seven. You know, it was the eight. It was the fucking eighties and (laughs) Washington Heights. I wasn't like I'm out, you guys. (laughs) But this planted a seed for you of like representation. Exactly. Yeah, it was all about you know hiding who you were and you couldn't be yourself. Now we know we know, but I want to let the audience know that you have a tattoo of Madonna. Um, that is super cool. But I, but I have to ask, what is the most extreme thing you've done, uh, for your love? (laughs) For Madonna. Madonna. Yeah. I, I not only have one tattoo, I have like nine Madonna tattoos. I've gotten, I've gotten more. When did you get the first one? (laughs) When did I get it? Yeah. How old were you? It was like eight years ago. 10 years ago maybe it wasn't that long ago Uh it wasn't right after the Blind Ambition tour it wasn't right after the Blind Ambition tour no but then I have another portrait of her on my chest Um, (laughs) wait what was the question (laughs) the craziest oh the craziest oh I used to work at a photo stock agency in New York City um, and for you know for this generation they're like probably like what the fuck is that and I used to file pictures of celebrities so session photographers and, and paparazzi would, would come in and bring their slides and it was all on slides and mm-hmm. Anyway, so I would I would file all the pictures, you know, in the appropriate uh, files, and um, and they all knew I loved Madonna. And one of the one of the photographers, Steve Eichner, I still remember his name, was like, "Hey, I'm shooting the Girly Show um, tomorrow. Do you want to come with me? And I'll." I'll, I'll say you're my assistant and you'll be in the pit. Wow. So the photographers get to go in the pit, which wow. is right there in front of the stage for three songs and then they leave. But they, you know, they're photographing her. Um, and I was like, uh, yeah. And he brought me and there I was like cut to me 
in the pit with it. And he gave me a camera because he was like, just act like you're taking pictures. Because I wasn't a photographer. <laughs> they don't know. They can't tell who <laughs> they are. <laughs> but as I'm taking pictures, I kept just putting the camera down and going, Masada! I love you! Like, and people were like, the photographers are like, this guy's not professional. This photographer really loves Madonna. And I got some photos back and I have this one amazing photo that somehow, you know, I took one really good one and it's up in my wall. <laughs> you beat and all it, the professional photographers. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that's there was probably... love. There was love in your clicks. You know, there was exactly. a certain sort of like, I get this. There was love in my clicks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you've seen almost every tour of hers, right? I have. The only two I haven't seen are the Virgin Tour and the Who's That Girl Tour. Now, we asked you what song you wanted to talk about on today's show, and you chose Into the Groove. Good choice. I'm just curious of everything in the Madonna catalog. What, what do you love about this song? What does it mean to you? Um, Honestly, I've been obsessed with Desperately Seeking Susan lately because it's on Tubi. Yeah. Shout out to Tubi. Shout, Shout out, out to, to Tubi. Tubi. We had a Tubi conversation <laughs> earlier. If you want to talk about extreme or or Tubi, and fandom, same. we're talking Tubi. Fuck. Uh, come on, Tubi. Come on, Tubi. <laughs> um, so I've been watching that movie like almost every week. It's one of those movies, too. I love it. It's a really good movie, but then it just, it's a really feel good. I don't know why it makes me feel good. Maybe because yeah. it's New York City in the it's 80s. It's New York yes. in the 80s. It's familiar yeah. and it's Matana. Um, <laughs> also, and, Go ahead. No, sorry. You please, I, please. I was just going to say that yeah. Stephen Wright is in it, who yes, plays the guy on the couch that. in Half-Baked. He's a dentist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this little movie called Half-Baked that I did. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and then, you know, this song is just so, it's so New York. It's so disco. It's so, it's just so vibey. It's so good. And and another, th this song also has this, this funny story for me because you guys, you guys aren't from New York, right? You we both lived there, though. You both lived there. Yeah. Do you remember the Robin Bird show? Yes, of course. On Access, the sort of yes. pseudo-porn interview. It was like a porn. Like She's, she's in of, her 50s or 60s or 80s, yeah. who knows, and she's but, sort of taking it off. Yeah, <laughs> after like 1 o'clock in the morning, you yeah. would you could see the show on public access. Okay, for all of you from the bird, if Santa can't come down your chimney, you just may be able to see me. And you know, as a as a young horny teenager, I would watch it, and and she would have female dancers come out and strip, and then she'd have male guys come out and strip. And I remember there, and I used to record when the male guys would come out and strip. <laughs> but this one guy, the first guy I recorded, danced to "Into the Groove." So whenever yeah, I hear it, her brain, the song that is seared everything. in my head. I mean, other things too, but that very specifically, right. I think of this guy coming out, and you know. I love that. I love that. Can you say shaking? You can on say the all podcast? Of that. Please say yes. all the words. Say every word. We're, we're hoping that they sue us. <laughs> it's more publicity. I hope so, right? Yeah, hell yeah. Before we go any further, uh, Guillermo, I just want to say on this show, we go really deep into the song that we discuss. And we'll be playing you the isolated stems so that you can even hear Madonna's vocals with no baggage track. But before we get there, oh, wow. Luxury, I know you want to help set the stage. Yeah, we're going to set the stage a little bit, a little bit of history before we get into the specific moment. That's one of the fun parts of the show is that we are, because it's one song, it's also one moment. It's one era. And Madonna, as we've sort of been alluding to, jumping around historically, she wonderfully has had so many eras. Like, let's steal that word back from Taylor Swift. Like, Madonna has <laughs> this Ooh. song. Th exactly, right? <laughs> Madonna is the true queen of pop. And this era for her, I mean, 
mean, let's talk about it. To me, I think about, I mean, first of all, she's at University of Ann Arbor, is that right, in, in the 70s? Mm-hmm. And she starts, she moves to New York and she starts being in bands which are kind of punk-y bands, are kind of rock punk bands. Right. Well, she said she wanted to be a part of Bowie's scene, didn't she? Okay, is that right? I, I feel like I read he that He was somewhere. a huge inspiration to yeah. her. Yeah, David That Bowie. makes so much sense mm-hmm. because what she's doing is she's an artist, a dancer, and a musician, and the musician is arguably just kind of one of the things she is. Like yeah. pop music is a vehicle to express, exactly, as we've yeah. just been discussing, what do we think about all of these things about Madonna and sexuality? Music is a means of expression for that. Mm-hmm. So she comes to New York, she is in a band called, I think the Breakfast first one Club. was The Breakfast Club, that's yeah. right. Oh, and then man, she, that is like an 80s explosion. Right? Stuff going that on name. There. That yeah. name is so 80s. Is that before the movie? <laughs> before the movie, yeah. Did it inspire the movie? Do we know? I don't know. I, I don't mean, think so. It's I just kind of a so, thing people knows? say yeah. at The Breakfast Club. Yeah. Uh, then she's in Emmy and the Emmys. Oh, that's right. I don't know much about these bands. It's hard to find the actual recordings, but she hasn't gotten into synth pop yet, which is the next era. And in my mind, this song, Into the Groove, is kind of, a little bit the end of the synth pop era and the beginning mm. of the next one. But we'll get into that when we get into the music. A little more about the history. So she's in these bands. She's going to Danceteria. She's becoming a queen of the nightlife. She's meeting everybody. And actually one of the... And she's, by the way, importantly, meeting all these DJs and underground yeah, producers, mm-hmm. which becomes a through line for her whole career because she's always attuned to what the next trend is and which DJ is spinning it. So yeah. she's bringing in the jelly beans. Later in life, it's uh, the Shep Bettabones and the Stuart Prices and the Nelly Hoopers. <laughs> she's always like making pop music with who was the coolest underground but at music. Danceteria, oh, yeah. she's year. friends with Mark. At, at Danceteria, she's friends with Mark Caymans. Is that how we pronounce mm-hmm. it? And between that connection and one with Stephen Bray, who goes back to her yeah. college days, actually, and, and apparently they moved to New York together, and I think they're in a band. In, He's in the, in the Breakfast Club, Club as right. well, yeah. So Stephen Bray is an important part of the story because he is the co-writer of Into the Groove. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get into some of the work he did when we listen to The Stems. So Madonna has a demo, which she had written with this Mark Caymans, and it was intended for this artist named Shane. Now, Shane is, at the time, a 15-year-old, and when you read now with 2023 eyes, a 15-year-old protege of Mark Caymans, you're like, why does this man have a (laughs) 15-year-old protege? So no shade, but like that's a little bit, you know, know, I'm sure everything was on the level. But Shane actually went on to have a couple uh, hit songs, including this one. This is Call Me Mr. Telephone, which went to number one on the dance charts, in 1985, and listen to her voice, because when I heard it, I was like, oh. A little bit to me, it's got it sounds like Madonna, Madonna <laughs> vocal similarity, right? But this is a 15-year-old black girl. Yeah. So Mark Kamins is not happy that the song is given away, and later goes on to say that, you know, he's, he's pissed, in quotes. That's, really? that's, a, that's a big 80s thing to say. I feel bad I'm that pissed. there's this whole mm-hmm. trade of music where like a, a young black woman does something <laughs> and reaps no benefit. <laughs> Absolutely no benefit. Well, she got a number one on that song, but she didn't get into the groove, which was intended for her. So oh, that's a good yeah. point. Right, well, right, right. But to your point about her being robbed, you know who else was robbed? Madonna was robbed. This song was not a number one single, and it should have been because of just the randomness of how it well, came out. in the United out. States, mm-hmm. right? In the United States, yeah. it was robbed of it being right. a number one because the record label had two big songs already out, and they didn't want to interfere with the chart success. Right. And of they Angel. didn't. They didn't know. Yeah. They didn't release it because they put it as the B side of Angel. Yeah. Oh wow. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. And it would have. It, it would have done. It wasn't eligible for charting because right. of that. It goes to number one in the UK and yeah. dozen other countries, but in the US, it never gets the love it deserves on on the radio and number number I've, one. I've status. always felt like this is probably my favorite 
80s Madonna song, hands down. Really? And hands down. And I had no idea it was the chart success until we were researching this episode. I mean, like, to know that it is to this date her biggest single ever in the UK. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. And that is really wild stuff. But this song is so special because in spite of all of these, like, uh, impediments to being heard by the public, it not being released as a single, it not being eligible, it wasn't even on the Desperately Seeking Susan soundtrack, which is is insane. That's totally so insane. Weird. It still has survived all these years to be, as all as we're saying, to be one of the best known and best loved songs wow. in Madonna's huge catalog. That's so it's weird. Crazy, it's right? like like Vogue. I never knew that Vogue is on the Breathless. I'm Breathless. Oh, right. on the Dick Tracy, the Dick Tracy soundtrack. I just feel so bad cool. for the. Desperately Seeking Susan soundtrack. Like, right? Like, I know. Like, the like they showed up so- with all those other songs. And nobody was is, buying it for leaving cares. Atlantic City. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you bought the soundtrack. You're like, wait a second. Wait, I don't, don't want to listen is- to this. <laughs> I got to read one more thing before we get into the stems okay. because we're talking about Desperately Seeking Susan. Everyone, mm-hmm. pause the podcast, go watch the movie and come back because it is such a joy to watch. But do come back. She's a woman of mystery. You can dig. You can dig. You can dig. A woman of surprises. What are you doing here? A woman named Susan. Come on, come on. Orion Pictures presents Desperately Seeking Susan. It's important to remember that Madonna was cast for Desperately Seeking Susan when she was a star, but not a global megastar. Right. Mm-hmm. And what happens is they use this song. It's in the movie. Madonna's presence in the movie. All of it leads to, I found this great quote where Rosanna Arquette turned out to be really unhappy about the, really? the evolution of Madonna's superstardom as, as shooting is ongoing. She goes, it was completely unfair. As soon as Madonna came into the picture, the script was changed to suit her. I told them that if Susan was going to be nothing more than a two-hour rock video spotlighting Madonna well I didn't want to be a part of it a disco dance movie isn't what I signed on to do however I couldn't get out of it she's so wrong I love Roseanne Arquette but yeah. she's so wrong it's, yeah. I don't think it's that at all I think no. Roseanne Arquette shines in the movie she's and it's amazing in the it's movie. all about her, her you know her re-emerging as this woman finding herself and wanting to That's give right. up break being away a housewife from a terrible and, marriage right yeah like I feel like she's with Madonna love. yeah Madonna's great in it but I still think Roseanne Arquette like she's really star. shines she's the star yeah after the break you will hear madonna's untreated vocals you will hear a very punchy synth bass line and we'll be getting deeper into the groove with guillermo diaz stay with us deeper and deeper deeper and deeper deeper and deeper is a great song <laughs> stick around we'll be right back Thanks to the U.S. Soy and the United Soybean Board for the sustainable makeover of our podcast studio and for sparking discussions on greener Hollywood production. Just like notes in a song, sustainable living is just a series of small, eco-friendly choices that contribute to the melody. Check out the Tears for Fears episode of One Song and see behind-the-scenes clips of how they pulled the whole look together. It's all on at Heartbeat Audio on YouTube, and the link is in our show notes. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. 
Plan your own music field trip to America's jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. All right, Luxury, I'm so excited to hear these stems. Our guest, Mr. Diaz, he is excited. Uh, Guillermo, are you excited? Well, yeah, kind of. Okay. <laughs> fair. That's He's a fair only answer. being timidly <laughs> excited because we don't want to step on your toes. Oh, no, there's no toes to step on here. Well, so you know what, what you got for us? Brand new shoes, so please stay away from the white. <laughs> Those are very clean Thank shoes. You. Very clean. Yeah. What do you got for us? I mean, what's cool about these stems, it kind of reminds me, of, we did an episode of uh, Let's Go Crazy by Prince. Something very similar that emerges is how lo-fi this song is. <laughs> it's really crazy. It was recorded on an eight-track Tascam, like a home recording equipment. Oh, wow. It was recorded, the vocals were recorded. You know how, like, if somebody gives you a microphone on stage like even at a high school like you know, at a grammar you know fifth grade concert it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a sure sm58 it's a 99 microphone it's kind of crazy that that was the process behind it and this is the huge global pop sensation 40 years later song that we all still love it's such a lo-fi song and again with the prince analogy because when we listen to Look, yeah. let's go crazy that song was similarly recorded not in a big fancy studio with million dollar equipment so that's the first thing i just want to say before we get into it because what you're going to hear may shock you <laughs> what stems are you playing for us first let's start with the beats um and one more thing to say actually is that so this is again Stephen bray and madonna co-wrote this song i believe Stephen bray is the um programmer behind all these and performer of this is all electronic so it's all um i'll tell you as we go one at, at a time but all of the beats and all the synths are being generated from machines, arguably in his home studio. Again, this eight-track, very lo-fi. There's a second version, though, as we alluded to, which is arguably equally maybe more famous, which is the Shep Pettibone remix. And it is using the same elements. It adds some percussion, a piano solo. If we have time, we might get into that, too. Let's start, though, with the original version. And let's start with the percussion. There's a tom there. Clap hi-hats. And that's this lo-fi beat coming out of so good. an Oberheim DMX. Now, on the internet, this is one of these songs that has like crazy rabbit holes you can go down to get lost <laughs> on. I'll, I'll spare you all of that, but it's probably an Oberheim DMX. It might be a DX. We're not sure. All that matters, though, is that this is the that same drum machine that we talked about on the New Order episode. Mm-hmm. So it's the same one that did Blue Monday. And it's also one of the ones we talked about with Jimmy Jam because he had been using it and was starting to switch over to the Lin drum, which is the Prince drum machine. I'm surprised we're not hearing more Roland TR-808s on this show. 
Because I always felt that's like that's, good the, point. that's the drum machine that took yeah. over the world. Yeah. And yet, some of our favorite songs are this that's DMX a great or DX. One of these you days can we'll, debate it at home. We'll do, we'll do the Planet Rock episode. We'll be definitely getting into that. Rolling 808. Yeah. Okay. Rock, rock. So those are the Planet beats. Rock. Yeah, exactly. Planet Rock. That's the one. Don't stop. Do not stop. <laughs> and now we get to the part that I, I know I'm the most excited about. Yes. Like, what is arguably the heartbeat of the song, the best part, is this sick, sick bass line. That synth so bass. Good. I want to hear your reaction first, and then we'll talk a little bit about the details. But so good. I have no idea what you guys were talking about. All that DX, <laughs> the, the drum machine <laughs> stuff, the Lingo. music nerd production stuff. But as a listener and a lover of the music, it's it's wild because you could hear just a tiny, like a second of that, and know it's into the groove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what so I mean? So distinctive. I yeah. have a question. I don't know what instrument is is generating that. So this mm. is again the rabbit hole thing i am 88 percent sure from my research that it's a roland mks 80 which is basically a jupiter 8 synth but as a rack mount it is known for being digitally harsh if you listen to it again i, I like saying, the digital harsh right the lo-fi thing that i was referring to we heard it in the drums you can hear this kind of like crunchiness a little bit this is my favorite part of the song i will admit yeah. like this is, this the, is the, heart, the part the heartbeat and the yes heart. as a dj like you know, you try not to do too much with the with the treble and the bass line or whatever, mm-hmm. but whenever I would get to uh, certain parts of the song, especially the bridge, mm-hmm. like I would do everything I could on my mixer to isolate this bass, the bass line, line because right. it is so... And I never even so really satisfying. noticed... The digga, 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 like at the yeah, end of the yeah. of the that's end of this the bar, part, this weird little moment. Those, it feels very Daft Punk. You know, yeah. I know that Daft Punk is trying to go for the sound, yeah. but like that harsh. That harsh synth line, like that, notes, that, is, that it's uh, it's very Marauder, it's very Georgia Marauder yeah, in that mm. moment with the da 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 da. But I just want to talk a little bit for a minute about like the baseline influences because it is this electro funk kind of boogie moment. We talked a little bit about this with Jimmy Jam too, right? Because they're programming synths these bass lines, which means you can do things that are very hard for a bass player to do. Mm. In particular, those sixteenth notes, but don't 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 and it's precise, mm. and every note sounds exactly the same, and that's very gratifying to the to the human brain on the dance floor, especially yeah. right. It's you get into you get into a groove if and you that's will. So, that's, that's that's both interesting and very sad <laughs> that that we're falling in love with the part that it would be very hard for a human to do. Right. Yeah. It's like, let the robots play the music. <laughs> well, it very much evokes to me, do you remember this song by The System, You Are In My System? This is one oh, of my favorites. one of my favorites. One they also did uh, Don't Disturb This Groove. I'm sure, I'm sure if I hear it, I'll Don't Disturb This know. Groove. Oh, yeah, of course. There's a way you say that I'm so into you. Oh, my but God. But this is their so other good. song. Great song, right? Yes. But this song, <laughs> well, the, You Are In My System, Yeah. Not only a great song, but also on the soundtrack to Grand Theft Auto, Vice oh, City. And so I used to steal cars and just be blasting. You are in my <laughs> to this, system. To this so, tune? Yes. But this bass line to me, it very much evokes this bass line, which is from 82, a few years earlier. That section you played, I just want to see Eddie Murphy in his Axel Foley jacket <laughs> running down the street about to tackle a dude. Doing something, right? There's something about that sound that's like screams 80s that. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the sound of that synth, programmed synths with the 16th notes and it's funky and syncopated. It also shows up, and by the way, the same person programmed, David Frank programmed this other song, which you all will recognize, called I Feel For You by Shaka Khan. <laughs> Right? 
da, 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 da. So, so this little moment of like a 16th note run of melodic run yeah. that is like just carves its way into your like no pleasure human centers. can do that it's, oh my god okay so sick. But i'll tell you what else no human can do no human can bring up the name shaka khan without one of my aunts going shaka khan shaka, 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 shaka khan. khan oh totally <laughs> apparently it's impossible <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm one of your aunts because i can't i can't hear that without doing that yeah I, I have a quick question. This yeah, is yeah. such a diver. Is that Melly Mel doing the rap on Shaka? It's Melly Mel. Yeah. It's Stevie Wonder on Stevie harmonica. Stevie Wonder does the harmonica. What? And yeah. it's a Prince composition. Prince what? wrote and the And of course, damn it's song. off of Prince's first album. Uh, he has a you. version of it, yeah. Or is it the second album? I'm not. This is remember. not that important, but <laughs> it's an early Prince song. We're gonna we're gonna move away from this baseline <sighs> rabbit hole that we are stuck in. Why? But it is it is a pleasure to be in here with you, Guillermo Diaz. <laughs> it's so fun to watch you guys talk about music. You guys are so into it. I love it. We're, we're gonna get into deeper it. into it. We're gonna talk so about knowledgeable about it all. We uh, we love nerding out about this stuff, and uh, it's a pleasure to, to do it with you. Oh, thanks. Hopefully, man. you'll take some of it away and sort of <laughs> nudge right? your friends next time and be yeah. like, "That's an Overheim DMX," <laughs> and they'll be like, "Wow!" Guillermo. And they'll be like, "Never invite Guillermo to <laughs> right. anything ever again." They'll be like, "Just pass that shit. <laughs> exactly. Pass the blunt and shut up." Yeah. Uh, what's the next stem that you got for us? All right, so let's move on to the synths. Not a lot going on in this song in terms of the number. There's no guitars. We just have the beats you heard, that bass line. And then we have, there's three synths technically, but two of them are doing the same thing, just with different sounds. So the simplicity is another part of, I think, what makes the song successful because it gives Madonna and her melodies an opportunity to shine. But first, before we get to that, here is the iconic synth melody. Which is something you don't always notice, but you notice this. That's almost like Depeche Mode level, like. That's in the song. Yeah, that's so trippy to hear it isolated like that. Yeah, that first part I've never yeah. even noticed. No, before. I'll neither. play it for you in the mix. But the here it comes. Not yet. There's the uh, yeah, right? this part. Yeah. And the weird thing happens again here. Oh, in the background. You know what? You can hear it more prominently. I'm glad we're kind of backing up for a second. There's the demo version of this song that is far more hearable, and it's also what's used in the movie. Yeah. Oh, really? The version in the movie is not quite the version we all. Oh, and you'll recognize it. Right? So much louder. Wow. For inspiration. So good. Come on. Right. It's so interesting. So they obviously decided to bury that a little more for mm. like the commercially it's released so version. Good. It's so good. So good. I think I, I think I might actually like the demo version. Right? I do too. It's like grittier, right? Yeah. It's more really like, raw. You can, yeah, it's you raw. Can, you, can, you can almost smell the sweat on, on West 21st. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All those goths. Yeah. <laughs> on that dancer dancing on the Robin Bird show. You can oh my smell God. that sweat of his We were all that sweaty on that show. Where is that guy? Every Where is that guy? Don't you wonder that sometimes? Oh man. All the time. hell is sweaty on that show. Let's get back to the synths. There's only one more sound. There's only one more stem? There's only two more synth stems, but they are doing the same thing. One of them is a Juno 106 playing the chords like this. And you can dance. Yeah. And then we have an OB-8, which uh, doubles that. That's that's the one I hear. And then together, it sounds like this makes it much bigger wow. yeah like you know what you don't really hear that higher pitch then but you definitely appreciate it it just it, it right it adds right? something to it yeah. yeah 
And we were talking with Jimmy Jam about so this. So cool. So cool, right? These sounds are, are the presets in these synths. So at the time, like you would buy a synth and you would just go to, you know, 42 or whatever the patch would be to find a sound and use it. So these, to any, I have a Juno 106 and I recognize these sounds. They are what you get before you start tweaking it to make it sound sort of more original. So it's really funny to hear in the mix in this huge hit song, they just used what, when they bought the machine it came with. So <laughs> Now, now yeah, I do say, ahead. before before we hear, because I, I know we want to get to some vocal stems. That's coming up next, absolutely. But yeah. before we get to those vocal stems, I have a question. Um, okay. People say never beat your heroes, yeah. but you have met Madonna. You have? And, Wait, uh, I didn't know this. Yeah, I, I, oh my God. Our researchers have done their flawless fact check. Please. And you've met disclose. her. What was that like? Tell it all. Was, uh, and where was it? Like, tell you can us go about slowly. You can tell us like yes. moment it by moment. It was like meeting the Madonna, the <laughs> Jesus Christ mother. It was it was it was exhilarating. It Madonna was Christ. so yeah. exciting. I I on I did a show called Scandal and Portia de Rossi yes. was on the show. Portia's married to oh. Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen okay. is a huge fan of the show. Okay. Mm. She knows that I'm a huge Madonna fan. She's had me on the show to show my tattoo. And she said, When I have Madonna back on, I'm gonna bring you on as the guest DJ. And she Whoa. did. Oh, I show she up. She told DJ Tony to go home that Yeah, she said, go home, <laughs> kick rocks, yeah. scram. <laughs> and uh, so I get there and she's like, come on, we're going to go watch Madonna rehearse. And there's me, Ellen, and Ellen's mom in the audience. No, you know, before the audience was mm -hmm. there and we watched Madonna do, you know, Practice. she did Living for Love twice. And wow. anyway, and then we started taping the show and Ellen has me bring up this basket of Michigan <laughs> State, like, <laughs> you know blankets and goodies and stuff because madonna's daughter just started going to college there uh -huh. and, and i walk up to madonna and i say look i have you on my arm and i show her my tattoo of her and she's like oh Aww. and she hugs me and kisses me and and then i get down on my knees and bow down <laughs> to her and she has this sure. look on her face like yep that's where you should be that's down on the well ground done. bowing down that's to queen is happy but yeah, it was it was crazy. I still can't believe that that happened. <laughs> that amazing. is that is insane. Did, Did you get a picture or autograph or? Uh, I mean, you're on the episode, so there's video. I mean, it's on the internet. It's yeah, yeah, you yeah. know you can mm -hmm. you can Google it. I I I was shooting the show. I was shooting Scandal in the middle of taping that, yeah. and the producers were so cool. They were like, "We know you love Madonna. Go tape it." But they had some a driver there waiting for me, and Ellen was like, "Stay after the show, and I'm going to introduce you properly, and we can talk and hang out." And they were like. You got to get back to set. No, so I had to leave. Yeah. Did you tell them that you were like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they knew, but I, at that point I had already hugged her and kissed her, and uh -huh. you know, no, I, I get uh, on stage so it was it was fine. Yeah. All right, so let's listen to the iconic vocal intro, and I know for some of you because it certainly was for me. It's a bit of a surprise when you hear it isolated, what it sounds like, what she's saying, and you can, you can dance, dance for inspiration. There's not much bleed there is. Come on. I'm waiting. That I'm waiting is so I'm like waiting. so sweet oh. and fading out. Mm -hmm. But it was hard. I couldn't hear that for for years. She's so demure. She's very <laughs> demure. Yeah, that Madonna just a little wallflower. Yeah, shrinking violet. Does shrinking. But you can hear what I was mentioning about the SM58 microphone and like there's like bleed. It's like this is probably intended to only ever be a demo. In fact, I read somewhere in fact, I read actually on Stephen Bray's Instagram where he says when they told him that it was going to be a single and they needed to redo it, mm. he told Madonna, like, let's let's go in and re-sing it. And she's like, I'm not fucking re-singing it. Really? Yeah. So what we're getting is intended to I have been a demo it. vocal, but 
there was no problem with it. It's yeah. what we've been hearing all this time. And sometimes when you can try and do things twice, yeah, it just it's ain't not the same. Good. No, it's not never. Yeah, it, it ain't perfect. But when you try and get it perfect, it's just something loses mm-hmm. loses something. You're trying too hard. At also, that point, right? yeah. If the, if the internet is to be trusted, she had a date <laughs> after the song. She had so a she date? was so she was <laughs> rushing to get out of the studio. Yeah, like, she's in a hurry. So she was like. Let's get let's get through this, and it became her number one single of all time in the United Kingdom. Of course. Well, Since it does. It sounds like from what I read, she wasn't crazy about it, and we talked about maybe the record label held it back. It sounds like I've also read where maybe she wasn't so crazy about it and didn't want to release it as a single either. Maybe mm. these things were combined, but right. like we all love, we all love yeah. it. Well, she loves it now. She's she done it now. like on almost every tour. Now it is time to hear Madonna's isolated vocals for the iconic chorus. Get into the groove, boy, you've got to prove your love to me, yeah. Get up on your feet, yeah, step to the beat, boy. And that is indeed a double. I started with it isolated one take, and then we added a second one. I, I like the doubling. Can you play me one of my favorite lines from the song? Sure. Um, only when I'm dancing. Yes. Can you, can you play that Only line? when I'm dancing can I feel Let's do it. Only when I'm dancing can I feel And then she doubles herself. At night I lock the doors where no one else can see. I'm tired of dancing here all by myself. Now that is my, one of my absolute favorite lines from a song from this era. Um, before I get into what I, what I like about that line... Is there anything you can say about this line? Because I think it's I think it's one of the great lines in this song. It's so good. She kind of sounds like Minnie Mouse a little bit, right? <laughs> very helium. She's so cute. Yeah, she had yeah. such a cute voice. She was very young. Back she was, then, yeah. You can, yeah. You can tell yeah. how young she and is. It she's evolved. like 26, 27 at this point. Yeah, she's, something like that. Oh, wow, I didn't know she was she's already 26? Yeah, I mean, a little older. She, she Her yeah, pop stardom like started that. a little later in life. Amazing. Than yeah, typical. yeah, yeah. That just goes I mean, to show how young the pop stars are yeah, now. Yeah. I feel like even, anyway. Can I just say, the reason why this is my favorite line is because, you know, there's just something about, like, a, a woman, I guess, you know, it, at the time it felt like a girl. It felt like, sort of like, the two sides of a personality. Mm-hmm. Like, she's belting out this song, but then she admits that she's basically shy. Like, right. she has to close the door, she has to lock it, and she's dancing in a room by her, herself. Like, you know... Like Robin, dancing on my own, like, right? Yeah, a little bit. It's, it's confessional, vibe. you know? And I always yeah. thought that that line was excellent um just from a creating a character for the mm. song you know i, I guess she's that's, a shy girl right yeah right. she's essentially a shy girl who you know can't just right. be she's not out there just being like you know an extrovert all the time well, no she's locked the door and she's dancing yeah. all by herself and you've you've nailed the premise in terms of what she said about how she wrote the song oh, which okay. is she said when she was writing it, she was sitting in a fourth floor walk up on Avenue B, and there was a gorgeous Puerto Rican boy sitting across from me <laughs> that I wanted to go out on a date with, and I wanted to get it over with, but she was basically, she's too shy. So there is a shyness and wanting to communicate, but being a little too reticent that perfectly translates into the song, as we've been saying, that, that we were joking about demureness and wallflower, yeah. but that, that's accurately the character in the song. So I think I, I, you I picked it. up on it, yeah. Do you have a favorite lyric? I don't, I don't, I don't know. <clears throat> it's funny. That's fine. It's that type of song too, where like this is the first time that you guys are, you know, we're, we're talking about the lyrics so specifically that I'm, I'm like, oh, that's what she's saying, you know, because sometimes you love a song and you just keep hearing it right. for years and you don't really know what they're saying or what the lyrics are. It just right. feels it just sounds, good and it yeah. brings up, you know, mm-hmm. just happiness in you. And 
Um, so it's funny. I, I I wouldn't even know what line to tell you. That and that's fine because I favorite. think you know sometimes you can overthink things <clears throat> yeah. and sort of rob them of what makes them viscerally fun. Yes, yes. So we are fans of both people who've dissected every single thing. <laughs> yeah. And people are like, hey man, thirty thousand feet is perfect. Leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you my favorite part. And I'll, I'll play it for you. It's the bridge section. It's actually got a uh, a doubling and a harmony part. So I'll play it for you first by itself, and then I'll add the double. And now I'll add the harmony. I love the lows. When the lows come in, those are... Let's listen to those isolated because that harmony is really nice. And and you're right. She's going underneath the lead instead of on top, which often happens Mm -hmm. with harmonies. Especially with girls. Mm-hmm. Girls together. Live out your fantasy here with me. Just let the music set you free. Is that I mean, all her? Is that that's all, all her? her? That's yeah. just her. It's just her. Mm-hmm. That's just her. Herself. And you know, like we've dealt with other singers on the show where we're like, oh, that background you hear, that's professional background singer so and so and so. And then like, right. but here, this is just Madonna. And and you were saying that in your mind is ingrained this dancer on a late night public access yeah. show. I can't hear these lower Madonna because the image that sticks out to me because the music video for this was just clips from the movie. That's right. You know, the the image that sticks out to me is like I think she like kind of puts up her arms like this yes. and like rocks the like that to underarms. me. Underarms. Sexy yes. underarms. <laughs> sexy underarms. Is it sexy yes. underarms? That kind of got burned into my soul. Mm-hmm. I can't exactly think about the moment this bridge. you were talking about. Can't yeah, think about this bridge without too. thinking like oh this is what, what's she doing? Yeah, this is also the the movie, and and I think this is part of the video too. Is mm-hmm. when she's drying her underarms oh, right. with a hand dryer <laughs> in the bathroom. In this yeah, movie, right. So it's very train, arm up sta- This movie, yeah, at the train station at the beginning. Yes, right. yes, yes, yes. I I want to hear. Could you play me the bridge with just the bass synth and her vocals? Sure. Just oh, those two yeah. things. And that bass line is so sick too, dude. I just want to hear Madonna, bass line, live remix happening right now. Right now, <laughs> on one song, I'll even give you the baseline isolated first, just for the satisfaction of that, and then we'll add the vocals. And then you'll bring in the vocals. Okay, that's what, that's what I'm going to do. Live remix. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. And just a quick story about this part, by the way. Stephen Bray had written a section that wasn't working. So when Madonna came in to sing, she he had a melody in mind, and it just wasn't working. It wasn't so connecting. It wasn't connecting. So on the spot. Madonna came up with the melody and lyric, that whole thing that we just heard. She just had came up with on the spot to, to sort of solve the musical problem. That's the genius that I she like is. I Yeah. She's going places. She's going yeah. places. Watch her. Watch her. <laughs> That is that is some sugary perfection right there. <laughs> Sugar is a really. How, how good do you word. feel about that? I love it. I love it. I kind of want to go dancing right <laughs> it's now. So good. <laughs> I feel like that's all I keep saying. It's so good. I love it. It's great. This baseline, <laughs> the whole song, it's got like three or four different ideas. They're all very propulsive, and they move the song forward. They're bouncing and they're mm-hmm. propulsive. It's it's really the heartbeat of the song. And and just sort of the pulse that that kind of guides you through the entire thing, and they're also melodically satisfying. Like it's I, that's another this baseline I just played for you. It's like I love just listening to that by itself. It's almost like its own little melody. It is. Yeah. So really, I really mean, genius work by Stephen Bray. Genius work. Yeah. 
I mean, you can see why I do trumpet jet dad punk so often on the show because mm-hmm. I feel like there's like a through line between some yeah. of my favorite stuff that preceded them mm-hmm. and what they were attempting to do with their yeah. robotic stuff. Um, as we talked about, Into the Groove from Desperately Seeking Susan, it represents Madonna's first major role. What are some of your favorite Madonna acting performances? Do you have some? Yeah, she did a movie called Dangerous Game. That What uh, year is that? That was 90s, like mid-90s. With a Harvey Keitel. Oh, man. And, um, yeah, oh. it's like one of the best performances, in my opinion. Well, well, with without, without any dark. major... <laughs> she's the killer. Without any major yeah. spoilers, what, <laughs> what happens in Dangerous Game? She plays uh, an actress in the movie, and uh, so it's a sort of... It's 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 kind of like they're, they're documenting the, the rehearsal process, and then the filming of this movie in the movie... And the the man that plays opposite Madonna is on drugs while he's doing the movie, while he's, you know, off, off set. And then um, he becomes super abusive in the fake movie. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's a wonder if you haven't seen, it's on Tubi as well, Dangerous Game. What? Do the lines. Oh, you, you, you think you're so smart. Smarter than you. You got it all figured out? So, your favorite, your your top three Madonna albums. Can can you name them? Oh yeah, <laughs> um, Erotica. Okay, number one for sure. Like a prayer. Yeah. Man, this is hard. And confessions on the dance floor. That was the one with hung up. Stuart Price. Hung yes, up. yes, hung yes. Up on yeah. You. Uh, yeah, and uh, jump. It's got jump, which is an amazing track as well. Get ready to jump. Okay. Oh my gosh! It's on the Devil Wears Prada soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, Confessions is a dope album, and it was also an amazing tour. Sorry, it was an amazing say. tour. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, you know, here's my thing. I loved music. I thought that was such a yeah. cool yes, track. Me too. And I feel like it didn't do like what I thought it was gonna do. I it's thought so it was really gonna mainstream, cool. like a Kraftwerk dance Madonna music here, mm-hmm. like kind of collab is what it. Yeah, like. yeah, totally. It just felt like ding, 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 she had been ding. listening to what was happening in dance music, and for a long time, like she kind of steered clear of like full on dance album. But I feel like with that one, like she sort of came in. It's a very danceable record with music, music, yeah. yeah, yeah. And she has "Don't Tell Me to Stop" in that, in that album, yeah. which which is amazing. Which I think was written by her brother-in-law Joe Henry, okay, who wrote the song. Is that the she... one with the acoustic kind of thing yeah. that starts and stops at the uh-huh. beginning? Yeah, I love yeah. That it's one very. Too. It was her cowboy era. Yeah, that's cowboy right. Yeah. Era. Well, even Electric a ray of light, yeah. she looked yeah. a little more cowboy. Yeah, Ca- yeah. ray of light. By the way, oh, that oh, great might album, be my great favorite. single. Favorite? It Ray might be an Express Yourself, That's Ray of Light, into the group. And this whole uh, conversation is like, I have a big battle in my head about the best Madonna song raging right now, because yeah. they're all so good. <laughs> yeah, that was her, her, I mean, I don't want to say comeback, but she had right. she had her kid. She mm-hmm. had just had Lola Lourdes, mm-hmm. and this was her album right after she, you know. That's true, because there was a break from like, Erotica. you know, like the deeper and deeper Vogue yes. era. 
And then Ray of Light was like a big shining moment. By the way, I have to say, uh, before I ever was obviously old enough to go out, the music video for Deeper and Deeper, mm. I was convinced that like, to be able to go out to nightclubs in New York was like the most fun thing you could ever do. <laughs> yeah. Like it just looked like they were having the greatest time. It's a great house track. I mean, like, it I don't is. know if people ever mix it into house sets. I've never heard it, but like, it's a, just a, a great early house track, you know? And it's such a good video. Ah, such a good There's video, so right? so many iconic, like, people in people it. in that Hollywood lawn and Udo <sighs> Kier and were Debbie Mazar and were some just of these like New York holdovers from like the factory crew or like oh this is, yeah like, their own Hollywood crew. yeah yeah well yeah. Udo Kier was one of Andy Warhol's like mm-hmm. uh muses he played Dracula he paid, played Andy Warhol's Dracula and he's in the sex book yeah and the Hollywood, Hollywood lawn, lawn is like a trans is, icon yeah like, well she was also a, a Warhol superstar yeah. she did a movie called Trash and then Debbie Mazar is Debbie one of an Mazar. 80s superstar. Yeah. The more like... Who is Madonna's like best friend. Right. Debbie was the person that did her makeup from oh, that, sort of the beginning of Madonna's career. And then they were buds since, you know, since, <laughs> that's, since the I'm 80s. realizing as we talk about this, part of what I love about Madonna is that she represents this New York nightlife undergroundness, yeah. which we talked a little bit before the show started. But like, I have such a fantasy about living in other eras. And, and so many of them are it would, New York's factory era, but also New York in the CBGB era, yeah. but also New York in the 80s, yeah. also New York in the 90s, the club kid era. And Madonna has a kind of a through line or connections, I should oh, say, yeah. to so many of these things. She really represents that New York underground I can't thing. agree more. She really does. Even with all the artists, with you know, Jean-Michel Basquiat and... Yes, and right. um, Keith Haring and yeah. you know Julian Schnabel, all those all those people. <laughs> but it's kind of yeah. like we've been saying, she's an artist first, and music is one of the many avenues. Yeah, she's telling a story. She's political. Yeah, it's visual. It's you know representing ideas, and it's also music, and it's also dancing. Of she's course. really put this package together, yeah. so it makes sense as you guys were saying about the Bowie connection. Like, of mm-hmm. course, it's a Bowie connection. Oh yeah, that's also. And Bowie. he was such a performer too, such a right, a character driven. Uh, artist because he he would go on stage and create characters i think he's yeah. probably one of the first you know artists that that did drag on stage Absolutely. right as one of as a you know he Ziggy. was a he was a musical i mean he was right. already like pretty from Mars, established Latin right Saint. i mean like yeah. so many yeah. of these characters yeah, um, yeah. And, and lady gaga kind of continues that yes. position yeah. a little bit too are you I, yeah. a gaga fan or are you a gaga not fan because of madonna <laughs> um <laughs> okay so madonna listen <laughs> I, I i i love gaga but now she's doing a fucking uh, like uh, migraine headache medicine commercial, what? and I'm like Gaga, what are you doing? What are you talking about? She's like doing a migraine headache. There, commercial? there's a commercial on you know, network TV, and it's for migraine headaches, and she's like, I know what it's like to perform through pain. If you're like me, one of the millions suffering from pain caused by migraine. <laughs> I'm like, girl, you lost me. <laughs> you lost me, Lady yeah, Gaga. Can you imagine Madonna, Madonna doing, a, doing that at all? Like an os- Osempric or whatever? What is it called? <laughs> I don't know. Um, to that point about club going and what seems so fun, you know, when we were like looking at Madonna going out. Uh, do you still go out? Do you still go to nightclubs? Do you ever, you know? Not, not nightclubs. I'll yeah. go to bars. Like uh-huh. I'll, I'll go to, you know, sort of little sort of neighborhood CD bars, but it's not like back in the day where the, you know, I used to go to the tunnel and red right. zone and the limelight, limelight, yeah. all those places. And it was so much fun. It was also, 
humiliating and degrading, not degrading, <laughs> but it is so crushing because it was the era where you had to stand, you had to stand there in and line. get picked yeah. to get in. You you'd have to get in line and you, they'd have to pick you to get into these clubs. And sometimes you wouldn't get picked. It's and still you just a little bit home. like that. I mean, like it is kind of, we huh? still try and go out. Um, yeah. Even though we're in our 40s, we still try and go out sometimes. But it does raise an interesting point because I do feel like club culture has just kind of gone away. Like, yeah, I just I can't really think has. of a, a club that everybody's like, oh, you have to go to blank, especially mm-hmm. since the pandemic. It's like yeah. club culture has not come back. I, I'd like to see it come back because I think scenes are important yeah. to the evolution of music. And so many, so many great uh, spots were closed down during the pandemic. Right. If, did you ever go to Oil Can Harry's? No, I don't know that one. I, I went to Oil Can, yeah. Oh, it was yeah. such a great cool. like dance Save club. Save the Robots, and, though. Remember that one? Which one? Save the Robots, like no, After Hours, no. Lower East Side. Okay. Well, well, oh. But to your point about Oil Can, I feel like it's right on Ventura. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, this is New York, sorry. No, this is in LA. In, in Ventura, yeah, you're yeah, saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing about Oil Can is like it had been a disco forever. Like yeah. apparently it had been a disco going back to the actual oh, disco era. Yeah. And uh it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, I've, I've seen yeah. it. I think it just got repurchased, so maybe the new owners will open it up and make it cool. No, I feel like people go like a, restaurants and bars now, they don't do yeah, clubs. They yeah. don't do that dancing thing. Yeah, no. Um and then the last question, if you were directing a Madonna biopic, mm-hmm. we hear the studio, we're saying, Guillermo, you can direct it. Who plays Madonna? a really good question lordes lordes the and her daughter yeah that's that's her daughter that's actually a good that'd be perfect it's like ice cube it's like ice cube son doing it <laughs> yeah and, i can't imagine again. anyone else worthy to play madonna i know they she she actually cast someone for the biopic it's the woman the girl from ozark the lead the blonde oh she was in inventing anna the lead in inventing anna I don't. I know exactly what you're talking about. Gosh, yeah, it's maybe. her. It's uh, Julie Garner. Julia Garner. Yeah, is that her? Yeah, she's the one who has the yeah. curly hair. Yeah, yeah. Madonna like, cast her yeah. to, to, to play Madonna. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Every now that and then works. you're just like, she thank God like that her. person became famous because you were already reminding yeah. me yeah. of a young Madonna. Is yeah. there anything? For the biopic. Yeah, totally for yeah. the biopic. Is there anything about Madonna that you have not shared today that you would like to share with us before we go? Mm. No. <laughs> Let we have said it all. I know. I, I have to think there. about that one. Yeah. There, there's. I mean, I don't know. Just like I'm, I'm so disgustingly in love with her. <laughs> <laughs> but I think everyone knows that already. Do you know what I How mean? How about this? As a fan, what would you like to see her do next to tackle? Oh next? man, oh, I really, question. I really would love to see her um, act again. To see her in mm-hmm. in a movie. But she said she's she's said it in the press. Kind of retired. She, she's done that. with acting. She's uh-huh. just going to do music. But you know, she she said she's not going to do stuff before, and then she's done it. Yeah. So come back, I, it's like, it's like a character dying on a soap opera. You're like the writers can figure out a way for their evil twin to come. To exactly. Town. Exactly. <laughs> Is Cher really done with touring? No, she's not. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well. Thank you so much. Thank we you, guys. This has been such a fun, fun episode with you. Thank you, Cameron. Thank you, guys. No Thank that you so good. much. for you. And if you enjoyed Guillermo Diaz as much as we did, uh, please listen to Unpacking the Toolbox, a scandal rewatch wherever you get your podcasts. Dude, that was so much fun Insane. talking to Guillermo today. So fun. So fun, so funny, <laughs> and such like a huge passion to fan. His passion brought out my passion, which was lying dormant for many years, but it was there. It woke up. My Madonna fandom is activated like a sleeper cell. You awoke a sleeping giant. Yeah, sleeping giant. All Madonna all the time from now on till the end of the year. 
But before we go, before I think we you go. wanted to run through some interpolations and samples. You know what? There's some fun covers, actually. So this song has been covered a lot and very diversely. And yeah. I want to play some of my favorite covers that I found. Okay. Now, I remember when this one came out, actually. It's kind of like... It's kind of like with Toxic, you had like Franz Ferdinand covering Britney yeah, Spears and stuff like that. Totally. Well, this is Sonic Youth covering Into the Groove under, they call themselves Chaconi Youth for one album they did with Mike Watt from the Minutemen. And uh, this song is called Into the Groovy. So, you know, a little little darker, a little less pop. <laughs> Only a skimmed tad off the darker. Top. A little pop skinned <laughs> off the top. That is definitely a cover that will around. please Sonic around. Youth fans. <laughs> not, many, not many others. <laughs> well, but this one will please Sonic Youth fans potentially, as well as Madonna fans, especially the Cantonese contingent. <laughs> How faithful it is. It's just a straight up Cantonese cover by Anita Mui. Yeah. Yeah. It's um It took cool. you somewhere. You're yeah. transported, I can tell. I was, I was. I felt like I was like at a karaoke bar overseas. Yeah. Yeah. Um where they probably play that to this day, I'm absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Probably be a big hit. Makes me think the next time I do karaoke. You maybe might have to, you have to the, look up the Anita yeah. Mui version. Yeah, yeah. Vor- exactly. Version <laughs> of Into the Groove. Well, if you like that one, you might also like this one. This is Into the Groove by Mina. And uh, it's a little bit slow and weird. It's by an Italian artist. And I'll tell you this great quote <laughs> before we play it so you can really appreciate it as you're listening. From popcultureexperiment.com, it sounds like Mina worked that track like a drag queen working in a room in Provincetown during Bear Week. That's what this sounds like. <laughs> that is not on 16 rpm <laughs> like that First is the off, actual I, speed. I love the chopped and screwed version of yeah. into oh, the groove yeah that's hot shout that's out to what dj that was. screw you know that that, that boy um here's an interesting theory <laughs> madonna at the peak of her fame was kidnapped and replaced by a clone that's what happened. And man. we've been enjoying the clones since 1989. And this is actually Madonna, who is... now lives in Italy and is unaware <laughs> that the clone has been living her life. She has no idea. Yeah, yeah, she has no, no idea. idea. She's just slowing everything down one BPM every year until it gets to whatever that was. Somebody get over to Italy and save the real Madonna. And then just to change the sonic vibe one more time, we've heard sort of like dirgy Italian, you know, <laughs> bear week one um, and, the, and the Cantonese one. This is a metal version from 1998 by a band called Ten Masked Men. That might be the best one, actually. I don't know, man. I don't like Cookie Monster solo shit. I think that his... I like it better when he's working <laughs> when with he's the Rover, crew. I just, when he's with yeah, Fozzie Bear. That was, that was uh, not Cookie's <laughs> finest moment. <laughs> we all my... know he's a cookie addict, so, you know, if he's working through his stuff. Poor guy. You know what? Give him a shot. Give him a yeah. shot at redemption. You know, this could be his, this could be his moment. Shine. Right on. Okay, so before we go, we're going to do one more song. If you haven't heard this segment before, then you're a loser. 
But the premise is simple. Every episode, Luxury and I will bring a song you probably haven't heard before, a deep cut, a hidden gem, something a little more obscure, Namibian drum and bass, an actually good rap-rock collaboration, or maybe even a Cantonese cover of a Madonna song. Maybe. I see what you did there. <laughs> and we'll share it with each other and with you. Luxury, you go first. What you got for me? Well, wonderfully throughout that entire episode, like... Madonna songs are mentioned and as mm. they bubble up in my brain I'm like oh yeah that one oh yeah that one oh yeah that one another one that bubbled up in my brain which is like gunning for the top spot along with Ray of Light along with Hung Up and along with Into the Groove it might be this sort of deeper cut which isn't technically a Madonna song do you know this cut by Jelly Bean it's called Sidewalk Talk Sidewalk Talk love this song So this song is, is that a Madonna song? This is Madonna uh -huh. wrote this song and mm -hmm. she's singing backup vocals, yeah. but it's not her song technically. It's a Jelly Bean song. Jelly Bean was working on his album and, and asked her for a track. She apparently wrote it in a couple of days. And at one point she was like, maybe I want this for my album, but she ends up giving it away to Jelly Bean. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so technically it's not a Madonna song. You wouldn't know it's a Madonna song unless you like do a little investigating, but that is her singing. And I she love wrote that. It. That's like Michael Jackson on uh, Somebody's Watching Me. Yes. You, you kind of have to listen. You're like, wait a second. I think That's, I know that, that voice. voice sounds um, exactly. Here on one more song, sometimes we choose a song that has nothing to do with the episode. That's the case in my case today. Uh, the artist is Plodiv's Children's Choir. The song title is Toma Que Toma, uh, T-O-M-A-Q-U-E-T-O-M-A. And uh, here's a little snippet of it for you to enjoy. Uh, as is often the case, uh, I hope listeners will go out and listen to the whole song because one thing I love about this song is that it's just different. It it, it sounds like I'm in a marketplace, maybe <laughs> somewhere uh, in South America or yeah, the Middle East. It's like a and, bazaar. Yeah, it's right. it's a bazaar. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a cool setting. Uh, and every time I play this song out, I always get people rushing up to the DJ booth. The uh, it's not in English, so you know this is either. You get it from this podcast or you get it on your Sazam. Um, you can't necessarily go up and ask for it. So it goes under a couple of different names, morning in advance, but the version we're directing you today was Plovdiv's, P-L-O-V-D-I-V, apostrophe S, Plovdiv's Children's Chorus. Um, when you find it, I think you'll thank us. But we want to know what you think of this week's picks, both mine and luxuries. Were you into the groove or not into the groove? Do you think they go into the toilet, skippity toilet? I think we just got a couple of happy listeners out there. On to the playlist or to the shit list, you decide. And if you have a deep cut you want to share with us, you know where to hit us. Find us on Instagram or on X if you're you know, really into hate speech uh, or on TikTok and send us your suggestions because we do listen to them and eventually we're going to do an episode where it's just a lot of that. Thank you for listening to one song. Yeah, I mean, listen, this show, we're 24 episodes in. It's so exciting. And it's we couldn't do it without you guys listening, subscribing, and giving it the five stars. But the big thing is really when you tell friends. Like, the yeah. word of mouth is so huge with this show. So if you're a fan, thank you so much for being a fan. And definitely spread the word. It, it helps us so much. And you can find Luxury where? Oh, and you can find me at Luxury, L-U-X-X-U-R-Y, on Instagram. And L-U-X-X-U-R-Y-X-X. -X 
on TikTok just to make it a little bit harder. <laughs> and uh, I'm at Diallo, D-I-A-L-L-O, on Instagram. That's the easiest way to find me. Also and- on uh, TikTok at Diallo Riddle, which is 12 letters instead of six. Make it easier on yourself. Just go to Instagram. Just give yourself a little break. And thank you for listening to One Song. We will see you next week. Ciao. This episode was produced by Matthew Nelson with engineering from Marcus Hahn. Additional production support from Jordan Calling, Charles Childers, and Alicia Shimada. The show is executive produced by Kevin Hart, Mike Stein, Brian Smiley, Eric Eddings, Eric Weil, and Leslie Guan. Hey, I'm Paul Shear. I'm June Diane Raphael. And I'm Jason Manzukis. And we're the hosts of How Did This Get Made, a comedy podcast where we deconstruct, make fun of, and celebrate the best, worst movies ever made. Have you ever seen a movie that's so bad that it's actually good? Eh, that's what we're talking about. From blockbuster franchises and made-for-TV romances. To bonkers 80s action flicks and obscure sci-fi musicals, we cover it all. You can find How Did This Get Made wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode, idiot. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music field trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.